get started with Thursday I. You guys are familiar with the sound by this time. Welcome everyone. Welcome to Thursday I, our weekly AI episode covering the latest and greatest and updates from the open source AI scene, LLMs, vision, audio, sound. This week we have some hardware to chat about <laughs> that kind of broke the Twitter sphere and everything else uh, that we deem very cool and important in the world of AI uh, for the last week. I will just say for everybody who joined us for the first time, my name is Alex Volkov. I'm an AI evangelist with Weights and Biases, and I've been very happy to host these spaces weekly. And this is a live recording of our podcast. The podcast is also called Thursday AI. It's also a newsletter. And you are more than welcome to subscribe to it if you haven't yet, just in case you miss any of the two hours show that we have for you today, you'd be able to quickly recap if you need to run, if you have a Thursday meeting, Thursday is usually busy for many people. We send a newsletter, it's uh, thursdayi.news, this is the URL, and you get all the show notes as well there, as, as well as like different multimedia stuff like videos and different things. So more than welcome to subscribe to that. Here's a little bit of editing magic for you. <clears throat> this is Alex from the editing room telling you that the next section is a seven minute excerpt from the end of the live recording, recapping everything we talked about. So you could hear things in the past tense. This is the best recap of the two hours that are going to follow. And uh, you're welcome to listen to this. And if any part interests you, you're welcome to skip ahead and listen to that part. So I hope you enjoy and let me know in feedback if this works for you. We started with talking about Mixtral and Mixtral released a paper about Mixture of Experts and we've talked with uh, Omar and about what Mixture of Experts actually is. We've talked about, about Bagel, which is now taking the top leaderboard in Open LLM in Hug and Face. And we actually got the pleasure of, of John Durbin, the author of Ouroboros and then Bagel datasets and models to join us and talk about how he creates them, what's DPO, what's the difference. It was super cool, a great conversation. If you missed that, definitely worth uh, re-listen. It's going to get released on Thursday iPod very soon. We also mentioned the Open Chat release, their January update, which makes it on the human eval and MMLU scores the best 7B LLM out there. We've talked about our friends from News Research announcing a seed round of $5.2 million, uh, which is super cool. We had Karan, the co-founder of News Research, talk to us about the plans to use the seed money and the fact that they, they plan to the commitment to open source remains and they plan to keep releasing stuff, uh, unlike some other companies that raise and then stop releasing stuff in open source. So we really appreciate News Research. I personally am wearing a News Research uh, news research t-shirt right now and i'm very happy for for this friendship and uh, news always has a place on thursday i we also mentioned argia or argila uh, and they have a distilled labeled feature they i think open source on github as well and they improved the dpo set that, that was used to train the neural hermes just a brief refresher there's the open hermes from technium from news research then folks from intel ran a synthetic data set on top of this and they they called it neural hermes which improved the score and then now there's a fine tune of a fine tune of a fine tune gear improved that dpo with some of their techniques and then released like a even a higher score with less 
DPO pair. So like just with less data sets, it was super cool. Omar Sanziviro, the chief Lama officer from Hugging Face, uh, keeps joining us. I, I love it. Uh, he's an expert in many things. Specifically, he talked about the MOE architecture. He talked about two cool things. He talked about Fixtrol. So Fixtrol is the way to pronounce this. The, the Fi model for Microsoft was just recently MIT licensed, uh, probably this week as well. And already Maxime LeBon created a mixture of experts on top of Fi, which is super cool. And he also mentioned... We also talked about Merge Kit and the ability to merge models with this Merge Kit. And Omar covered the DeepSeq MOE that was released less than 12 hours ago with the paper. And also, this is a full pre-trained model. This is not a fine-tune of a different model. This is not a Frankenstein merge. DeepSeq released like a pre-trained MOE and worth checking out. And DeepSeq Coder, we have mentioned last week, was one of the best coder models around. Then we moved to the big companies area. And this week was the first time that I put Mistral both in the open source segment and in the big company segment because Mistral is offering a non-open source uh, API for their Mistral medium, which just is exciting what, what the large will, will mean. But their Mistral, medi Mistral medium, apologies, we don't know the size of this. We only have estimations. But uh, we saw this week that LMC Serena with over 6,000 votes Folks prefer Mixtral on top of other LLMs, and this is essentially the best LLM after GPT-4. Shadowing, Coherent, Tropic, and like all these companies that we've talked about before, this company, Mistral, from Europe that started this summer. Folks who started Mistral, I think, from DeepMind and the original Llama paper. Some of them are, I think, Guillaume Lampo is on the original Llama paper. They released a bunch of cool stuff, and now they're literally like the, the second best in the world in, in all LLMs, not only proprietary, etc. So just trailing behind the three versions of GPT-4. So Mistral is now becoming a big company with APIs as well. I suggest you, you use this. Then we talked about OpenAI releasing personalization which allows the GPT to remember the stuff that you told it from a new chat to a new chat and a new chat, and it's super cool. And I think personalization is definitely a trend that we're going to see in 24. Hopefully, it will move to open source as well. And we also talked about their team tier announcement, where you and some of your friends could spend a little bit more money but get twice as much quota and then also not have OpenAI trained on your inputs. It's really cool for teams as well. Hopefully, our team in Weights and Biases will add me to the team tier as well. Uh, and also, they have released the GPT Store, finally. GPT Store is their marketplace for custom GPTs that showcases and highlights the trending ones and the most used ones. And the ones that I released, Visual Weather, just crossed 5,000 chats, which is super cool. It was trending for a while on the GPT Store. We also talked about the issue with copycats and the many copycats on GPT Store starting to pop up. So something that new that OpenAI is going to have to deal with, and we'll see their commitment to deal with this like marketplace on top of everything else OpenAI does. Now they have to run a marketplace, and also like every marketplace, every app store comes with its own sort of problems. We then, I mentioned that I'm going to be in San Francisco flying tomorrow, hopefully if my flight, the cancel one, is going to get replaced, to do a hackathon with Langchain and Together Compute and Weights and Biases in AGI House. So if you're in the area, more than welcome to register. The link will be in the show notes, and I would love to see you there. We're going to try and hack together a solution or at least a discussion about what's better, 
ragging systems or fine-tuning models and then running your application on top of them or maybe both or maybe neither we're going to talk about and we're going to hack together around all this with some cool prizes i'm going to try to do what i always do when i do on trips i give you the little taste of san francisco when you're not in san francisco so follow me for live streams from there we mentioned the bydance releases magic video and then we also mentioned luma labs released their online version of genie which is a text to 3d it's super cool. You just type text and you get a 3D model, which was like incredible. We live in like unprecedented cool times. We then had a, a great pleasure of talking with Joao Mora, the author of Crew.ai, which is a agent framework in the open source based on Langchain. Currently, Python is rewritten in TypeScript that is able to run your agents on top of closed models. So whatever GPT-4 and even probably Mistral or Medium, the one that I just mentioned, but also has support for Olama and support for Elm Studio and is able to run those agents using completely offline, completely on your device LLMs, such as he specifically mentioned the new Hermes model and other models as well, some of the fine-tuned models that we've talked about here. And uh, Joao is a super cool dude. Definitely give him a follow and listen to the whole conversation because it was great to hear why in the field of already existing AI agent frameworks, he decided to build another one. And then he became like the number one training project on GitHub and number two product on Product Hunt. And then to finish this all off, we had Dan Jeffries uh, and we've talked about the Rabbit R1, the hardware device, which has a built-in OS custom device that doesn't do apps, but only has AI built into there, designed by Teenage Engineering, recently launched on CES and had many folks get excited and not excited. People were saying, hey, I don't want this. People saying, yes, we, do, we want this. And we shared our opinions about what seems fake or what could be exciting. And the fact that obviously in Thursday, I, we come here with optimism and we want things like this to succeed. And so I definitely pre-ordered one. And that conversation was also great. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mesh, for that. And if any of what I just mentioned interests you, I think you'll enjoy the full conversation, the full two-hour conversation with the authors of the things we've mentioned, with the experts, as always on Thursday I. This is when I take my drink. Open source AI, let's get it started. All right. I think the most interesting, not the most interesting thing, but definitely worth chatting about is the Mixtral paper. So um, a Mixtral paper called Mixtral of Experts. Mistral, the fine folks in Mistral published this paper and also hosted, uh, which unfortunately I wasn't able to attend. They hosted an hour in their Discord and I know some folks here attended that. It was super cool. And Mixtral of Experts, as we've talked about last week, is the best open source model bar none in the world right now the best mit licensed model it's the best performing both on like on the lmc serena and human evaluation is definitely up there it's it passes anthropic squad and i think it's just behind anthropic one which for some reason anthropic is getting worse the more models they release the less they're getting voted on and so this is the best model that's MIT licensed, everything else after it for a while is also non-commercially licensed. And they go a little bit into depth for how they train the model. Unfortunately, they don't give us any 
information about the pre-training and data sets. So they don't talk about this. They don't talk about what the experts are necessarily, but they cover uh, several things. And here's some of my things. I would love to hear from the folks here on stage who probably listened to this paper as well. I will just mention that Anistin, who's a frequent co-host in Thursday Eye, and I uh, had a paper reading. When I say an I, Nistan did 95%, and I was just there to like help him like take a breath but basically did a full paper reading on live on x and i will add this to the show note it was super super cool and people who joined us like really enjoyed it so maybe we're gonna do more of those nistan literally read the whole paper and kind of explained a bunch of the concepts and i learned a bunch from this so i'll definitely add this to the show notes for you guys here is the summary also from morgan from weights and biases who's my boss that i took some stuff strong retrieval across the entire context window mixture was released with thirty-two thousand tokens in the context window and uh it, it had strong retrieval with almost 100 percent. i think they mentioned 100 percent retrieval accuracy regardless of the context length or the position of the passkey so th they did the needle and haystack analysis that we've talked about multiple times before and in the paper they mentioned that they have 100 percent accuracy in retrieval which is really incredible if you guys remember uh, John Carbright, I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, did the needle in a haystack analysis for GPT-4 Turbo when it came out with 128K tokens and then for uh, Claude as well, and then did kind of pressure testing. And, and you probably, if you've been following Thursday for a while, you can probably visualize this like uh, Excel of green stuff and then a bunch of like red dots. Uh, this is usually the problem with like longer context windows that accuracy is not actually there and tropic came out and said hey you're prompting this wrong if you add this like specific thing the accuracy goes from 27 percent to 97 percent something crazy and so it's great to see that first of all mixtral is referring to the accuracy on their longer context window but also that they have a hundred percent retrieval which is super cool the other thing that they mentioned in the paper which wasn't that long the paper itself is that experts don't seem to activate based on topics specifically. They went fairly deep into kind of how experts activate and they have, they talk about how they have a access to two experts per token and this creates a significantly better model. They compared to Llama a bunch, to Llama 70B, and they said that we beat Llama 70B at pretty much everything, including being a smaller model to be able to run on smaller model, including that as you inference, the model is actually like significantly smaller as well. But they did mention, they did go into the whole mixture of experts thing. And they said that they didn't observe patterns of assignment to experts based on topics. I think they took eight sections of the pile data set, the huge data set, Wikipedia section, and then philosophical paper section, and then archive and PubMed for biology and the, some of it was written in latex, and then oh, fill papers, the philosophy papers, and then they didn't notice that any specific expert is getting activated per specific like section of, of the pile data set, which is interesting because when you hear the name mixture of experts, and hopefully Omar will dive a little deeper into this in his segment, when you hear mixture of experts, you imagine a math whiz and a coding expert, etc., all different like experts, and the model just like routes to a specific expert, but it doesn't sound like this is what they have on, this, on, on the actuality. The... There was something aligned with syntax more than the knowledge as well, which was very interesting. So they did notice that syntax, for example, keeps sending tokens to, to more of the same expert, more than the domain of the knowledge. Could be because of the huge data sets that go into this. Data sets were not 
talked about and so we didn't get information about the pre-training or data sets at all one thing that worth mentioning significantly is that they mentioned on the paper and i think that this like this strongly shows how mistro is becoming kind of the open source alternative at least in europe is that they've pre-trained on a bunch of multilingual data as well and they have show strong performance in all of the european top languages so german italian spanish and i think french obviously french Obviously, the, the company is from France. And they significantly add this information in the pre-training. And it's definitely becoming the open source if in the European market. That's why I think that in my head and in, in my predictions for 24, Mistro is going to be the open source of Europe. And I think that's most of the notes that I'm taking from Morgan's tweet. Uh, Umesh or, or Alignment, did you guys read the paper? What do you guys think? Is there anything important that I didn't cover yet? For me, the biggest thing was the conclusion where they have, you already mentioned about the tokens. It was very interesting to see the how tokens change at different layers. So they have shown the zero layer, 15th layer and 31st layer. And that was the most interesting part because then if we are looking at the mixture of experts architecture as such, where MOE Mamba is also in the, make, in the making, then the whole premise that you are activating experts basically goes out, out of the window. If that the activation mechanism is different. So that was the most interesting part for me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Umesh. And Omar, hopefully you rejoined us. What's your takeaway, a brief takeaway from the Mixtral paper, something that you maybe didn't didn't see before? Uh, so to be honest, I don't think it shared anything that the community didn't know already. Quite a bit of this literature around what expertise means. So for example, that uh, the different experts they become experts more in punctuation or verse or different parts of the sentence. That's something that was already showed in previous papers. So I don't think the paper provided anything that we didn't know already. I think data set would, be, would have been quite nice. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Omar. Yeah. All right. So this is Mixtral. Moving on. I think it's worth mentioning here before we move on that I think I mentioned this briefly. LMCs released an update and they collected 6,000 upvotes and the mix mis, mixtural medium which we don't know it's only rumored how big this is right mixtural the one that we got is eight eight uh, experts of seven billion parameters all are mistral 7b or at least initiated from mistral 7b the mixtural medium is only available in api right so we've covered previously that mistral also released an api solution you can register to the console get an api key and start basically open ai did for a while and then tropic does and then they have another offering there that they call medium so i wonder what large is so we don't know the size of it there's rumors that it's 14b eight experts of 14b there's rumors that it's like eight experts of 30b i'm not sure if we know i don't think they said however based on lmc's and evaluations it looks like this is the best model sorry the second best model in the world of llms right now just behind the gpt4 it's literally like number four in the lmc's arena but like the first three is gpt4 and all its versions right the march version the june version and then the recent i think it was november version so all the three top ones are gpt4 turbo from november and then and then the june version and then the march version and then the fourth one is mixtral medium I'm sure they're working on a large one, and I don't know if that's going to pass GPT-4, but it's really interesting that until we get to see Gemini that supposedly beats GPT-4, at least in some things, Mixtral, or from Mistral, the guys who just 
opened the company in the summer is now the second best OLM in the world. I think it's worth shouting out as well. And kudos for LMC for giving us this evaluation. And I haven't yet played with the API myself as well. I really want to get to the point where I have a UI that can plug that API in. Uh, so hopefully I'll find one soon. I think we're covering Mistral and we're moving forward. We're moving forward into the top open source on the LLM leaderboard and the, the, the creator. So if you guys open the open source LLM leaderboard, which we often talk about on Hug and Face, we've talked about the difference between human evaluation and the automatic evaluations that open LLM leaderboard runs. You will see a bunch of models. The top three ones are from CloudU and they're like, I think, merges of Yi34 and then the Mixtral 34B as well, but it's not based on Mixtral. And then the rest of the is like a bunch of John Durbin bagel examples. And so all of those, there's six models there that are based basically on the John bagel DPO versions. And I just wanted to shout this out and shout out John Durbin for working this hard and releasing these models. Let's see if we can hear from the man himself. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm a software engineer. I'm an AI tinkerer. I've been doing synthetic stuff since, I guess, maybe April with the Aeroboros project. It's been tons of fun. But lately, I've been mostly working on the bagel models. If you're wondering what the bagel name came from, it's from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Great movie. I love that movie. Hey, Alex from the editing floor here again, interrupting your flow here. What follows is a 20-minute conversation of one of the best fine tuners and dataset creators uh, around, current king of the leaderboards, John Durbin uh, of Ouroboros and Bagel fame. And that full conversation, including another deep dive, will be released as a follow-up episode. I decided to just give it justice and put it on its own episode. So if that interests you, make sure that you follow Thursday Eye and you'll get it in your email in a few days as a special episode. So continuing with our next topic. I want to mention that very good friends of the pod, and, and I, I consider like multiple folks here, personal friends of mine already at this point, uh, News Research announced some news this week. And I have uh, Karan here, who's the, the founder and tech name in the audience. And uh, unfortunately, not the whole team we couldn't make it because of some other stuff. We've talked with News Research before they were cool. That's what I, I love to say. And obviously, you guys know uh, Tech and his new Hermes data set and Hermes are probably the best kind of fine tunes of 7B and many people use them. They're part of Together Compute as well. News Research announced a seed round of, please correct me if I'm wrong, $5.2 million from a bunch of investors and Balaji Srinivas, I think, and OSS Capital and Vipul from Together and a bunch of other folks. Uh, quite an impressive kind of resume of investors. I'm going to add this to the show notes for you guys as well. I just wanted to welcome Quran and, and uh, give you the chance to, to say a few words and congratulate you myself. And I'll, as I'm wearing and sitting here, I'm wearing the News Research blue t-shirt that I have since that event in San Francisco that we met and had a lot of fun. Uh, welcome, Quran. Congratulations. What's the plan for all the seed money? Thank you so much for, for having me, first of all, Alex, and thanks for bringing some light to news research as always, and the open source work that we love to do. I'd love to give a little context in that news really started as a volunteer project. Uh, we still have a massive amount of volunteers and it started from a, a group of people who have worked in open source and watched companies close off their technology after getting funding. We've seen that happen time and time again, where a company turns us back and says, we're, we're going to go fully private now. 
a huge motivation for us was saying that we have to have some bastions and places that are always going to maintain an open source philosophy and open source releases to allow people to iteratively develop so we can continue to catalyze the speed of work. First and foremost, it has a lot to do with bringing some of our most passionate and dedicated members to full-time work because everybody who's worked on the news project has done it in their free time. And we wanted to take a small clade of people and be able to let them do it full time. So with one piece of what we're going to do with the seed money, it's we're going to pump more and more resources into open source work. We're going to keep dropping Hermes models. We're going to keep dropping multimodal models. We're going to be doing everything that we can. Uh, Simultaneously, I'm sure you have seen some uh, demos in SF and on Twitter of the Noose Forge that's currently in a very early state. We are developing a a sort of software development kit for uh, agent building and local inference that can all be utilized on local compute. So that's something that we are very excited to bring everybody. We want to be able to to build basically an area where you can build all your tools, where you can uh, do all of your inference, where you can have all your interactions with various different agents, where you can build all of your automation pipelines. That's very important for us to create one hub where all of the different pieces from data synthesis to inference to utilizing agents, pretty much everything besides training can go down. So that's a little bit behind what we're actually trying to build and give out to devs. But all of the open source work will continue and only ramp up from here as well. That's so great to hear. This was my next question. So thank you for covering this in advance, Karan. And I have only this to say. Congrats. Congrats on the raise, on the effort, brother. Congrats, everybody in news. I want to like huge shout out for, first of all, not closing off and continuing the open source stuff. It's very important for the community. And I love that statement is written in advance, specifically with the background of OpenAI not being like super open. And also, I want to congratulate you on passing 1 million downloads. I think you guys are 1.1 on Hugging Face under the news research umbrella with 44 models and new service 2. 34B is being like the best model on, on, on the leaderboard right now and expecting like incredible great things from you. As always, Thursday is a, is a great stage for you guys to always join and talk about the stuff that you release. Can't wait to play with Forge personally and and keep representing news research. Huge congrats. Anything else you want to say? Maybe where folks can come and help. Feel free to invite the community to participate more. Yeah, absolutely. We started and continue as a massively volunteer project. And anything we do from people we just anonymously meet can transform into a full paper, as it has before. So please feel free to stop by on our Discord, which is available in the link in the bio for at Noose Research. So if you just go to at Noose Research on Twitter, you can join our Discord, and we'd love to collaborate with all of you. Thanks again, Alex, and thank you to the whole Thursday I think. Thanks for joining, man. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody who works on very hard on raising like the best fine-tuning models. All right, we're moving forward. I'll briefly mention some of the stuff because we don't have that much time. And Omar, I think you had the most interesting segment next. I just want to mention briefly the OpenChat released their January update. OpenChat definitely, every time they release, like the model becomes a little better. They're not renaming the model as well. OpenChat, this January is just the January update. It, it has it beats the previous update in I think December 10th of seven out of the eight benchmarks it beats like a previous update. I don't think it's I'm not sure if it's DPO or not. It scores 71% on human eval 
and 65% of the MMLU, definitely like significant scores for a 7B model and really performs well on the LMC Serena as well. I think they're like trailing just behind the Open Hermes and this is with the previous model. So the new model that was just released, worth mentioning, will be linked in the show notes. Alignment, you want to mention anything about this, the latest release of OpenChat? I know our friends are there. Just that it's not, for anyone who's curious, it's not DPO'd. It's actually trained using CRLFT, which is, I'll post the paper below, but this is the paper that the engineer who works on that wrote about a conditional training technique that allows you to train on mixed quality data. And the model will actually outperform if you just trained on the best data you had. Awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to add the, the model to show notes. As always, this model is already on Hugging Face Hub. I think it's part of Hugging Chat. And then, yeah, it's on Hugging Chat already. I think it's quantized already. You can, you can definitely can use this in Elm Studio, looks like, and in other places. So shout out to Open Chat. And I think, Omar, you want to chat with us about some of the exciting MOE stuff that's been happening around the open source world? Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think there have been two exciting releases this week. So one is Fixtral and the other one is DeepSeek MOE. Uh, before chatting about them, we'll take just two or three minutes to talk a bit more about MOEs in general. So just taking a step back and chat a bit about them. Uh, so the first thing is, uh, you mentioned this in the Mistral, Mistral paper, is that there's a bit of confusion that MOEs are a bit like ensemble of models, uh, which is not exactly the same. So when we talk about expertise, it's not really that each expert is becoming an expert in a different topic. So yeah, let me just quickly talk about MOEs. So there are two different goals when people started to do MOEs. So the first one is to do very efficient retraining. So let's say that you have 10,000 or 100,000 hours of GPU time. If you choose an MOE, you will achieve a better model. So it can be through more data or through larger size with a fixed amount of compute or you can achieve the same quality as a dense model much faster. So the idea of IMOE is really to be very efficient when pre-training a model in terms of how much compute you are spending. And the second use case or second goal is that when you have a use case with very high throughput, so if you have an API in which you have 20 million users at the same time, MOEs are very nice because they map very nicely to hardware. So you can distribute and have each expert in a different uh, GPU and that works very nicely. Uh, for local usage, actually, it's not so nice. And although the community, the hacker community, has been able to do uh, pretty much everything with a uh, two, three, four bit quantization, it's not really the use case of MOEs as they were designed, but the quality is quite nice. Uh, and how this works in practice is that if you look at a usual transformer model at a decoder, you have multiple layers, right? And within each layer or each decoder block, you will have some attention layers, some feed forward layers, that kind of stuff. Uh, with the MOEs, what you do is that you replace the forward layer with a mixture layer or a sparse layer. Uh, you can call it uh, whichever. And the idea is that instead of one forward uh, layer, uh, you will have a certain number of experts. Uh, so in the case of Mixtral, for example, it was eight. So you would have eight different forward layers in a mixture of expert layer in the case of Mixtral, uh, but you could have more. And then you also have a small additional uh, network, which is called the gate or the router, which is in charge of determining to which of these experts you would send uh, the token. Now, when we talk about passing token to uh, an expert, it's like a very important point. Uh, so usually a gated mechanism is in charge of sending different tokens to different experts, not different topics. So that's the distinction or confusion. 
So let's say that the input is hello world. So maybe hello would go to the experts one and two, but world would go to the experts two and four. And this routing, so uh, learning uh, to which experts you would send the token, that's something that is learned during the pre-training. Uh, so the goal is really not to make each expert an expert in a task, but just to handle certain types of tokens with a, uh, by a certain expert, or it can be multiple experts that you activate at the same time. Uh, so Mixrel does top two expert uh, triggering, so they trigger two experts for every token. Uh, so Mixtral, as, as an example, in total, the model is actually quite large. So it has 47 billion parameters. Uh, but since only two, two of the experts trigger, you technically just have 12 billion activated parameters if you use top two uh, experts. The math is a bit weird because really not all of the parameters, so not the 47 billion parameters are expert parameters. You also have things like attention layers and that kind of stuff, which also which is shared. So that part, this, that is not part of the, let's say, mixture of expert stuff. Uh, so that's what a mixture of expert is. So now let's jump into Fixtral. So Fixtral is kind of a, the same thing that- so jump over. I just want to make yeah. sure that like we, we pause here and say, thank you for this intro, folks. A mixture of experts, like it's been popping off. Mixtral released like the main one. There are assumptions that GPT-4, there's like rumors that GPT-4 the, the significant attribution to why it's better is also a mixture of experts. I think the, this came from latent space pod with, with George Hotz. And so thanks so much for the deep dive. I definitely thought that every expert there is specifically the main expert, but definitely this is not the case, it looks like. And then the fixture thing that comes is from the word PHI, right? PHI from Microsoft, yeah. that this week was also licensed MIT. I think it's very well worth mentioning that the PHI is very the best small model that we have it's funny to say small large language model but this is essentially five two, two billion parameters i believe and somebody yeah. took that and started doing a mixture of experts based on initialized based on phi is that correct omar uh, yeah, yeah exactly so tell us about uh, fixed and then the deep six stuff sure yeah just one thing before jumping into that something that is also a bit confusing about mixtral is the name because it's yeah, i think they call it eight so it's a bit confusing because it's not that you have eight experts you actually have eight experts for every MOE layer, but you have many MOE layers, so technically you have many experts. But yeah, so the first cool thing about Fixtral, I think, is the name. I think it's very catchy, and I think it also helped to make it very popular, so that was nice. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if you are familiar with MergeFit. I know that you mentioned it before, but it's a tool to merge models, and pretty much all of the top models in the Hogan Face leaderboard are using this. And merging is a weird thing because it has been studied by academia for four or five years, and it has been done in computer vision since 10 years ago, maybe. And the Discord communities and the Tinkerers communities are rediscovering some of this literature and using it in, yeah, to hack very interesting things. And merging is very different than MOE. So merging is a, just for example, if you have two models which are exactly the same size, you can just average their weights, or you could interpolate layers of between the two models, or you could do even weird things such as concatenating layers, so increasing the size of the model, and that's called Franken-Merge. You have heard about those. Uh, so that's the idea of merging. And MergeFit, which is this tool, it's an open source tool that everyone is using to merge models. They have an experimental branch, which is called MOE. And it's used to build MOEs. I, I call them MOE merging because it's a bit different. So the idea is that you pick existing models, and all of them have the same architecture, so the same shape. So they are five fine-tuned models. And they will replace some of the forward layers with a MOE layer that will replace with multiple forward layers of these other models. 
Uh, and there's this very cool person called Maxime Lapon. I suggest you to follow him in, in Twitter. Uh, he published a very nice blog post about how to use MerchKit, by the way. Yeah, shout out, shout he out to Maxim. He did a bunch of stuff, but this recent explosion is really cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he merged two Phi-based uh, instruct models. So one is Phi-DPO, which is a DPO-trained uh, model, so it's a nice chat model. And then there's Dolphin uh, 2.6, which is this uh, uncensored model. And he pretty much built a MOE, this mixtral experimental branch in MerchKit to build this model, which was quite powerful. So that's pretty much it. What is funny about it is that the two base models that they used use different prompt formats. So it's quite interesting. Maybe something interesting also to mention here is that before we, we said that the H expert is not a expert in a task, uh, maybe when you do MOE merging, it's actually the, the, the case because what you're doing is that when you add these models, when you do the MOE, you need to specify which kind of prompts you want each model to handle. Uh, so you actually do, for example, if you have an expert that is very good with uh, programming and you have an expert which is very good with chat conversations, you could technically train the, the gating mechanism for uh, each type of task. So it's something that you could technically do now with this very experimental stuff. If that makes sense. Interesting. So, like, mixture of experts is not experts in domain yet, but w with merge stuff, it, it does go into that direction potentially. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, fixed trial from Maxim Lebon, folks. It's added to the show notes. Definitely check this out. Check Maxim out, Maxim's work, and uh, give him a follow. Merge kit is. We're gonna add this as well. Merge kit is from. It looks like CG one two three. I don't know. Oh, Charles Goddard. And shout out Charles as well. MergeKit has been popping off and definitely most of the, if not the, all of the top leaderboard are now merges, including the stuff that we've talked from John. So there's like the bagel stuff and then the top three models right now are merges of bagel and something else with no continued like training, I think even. Omar, I think there's also the DeepSeek stuff, right? That we want to cover DeepSeek. We've yeah. talked about DeepSeek Coder and then we've talked about Wizard LM or Wizard Coder that was top, like fine-tuned on top of DeepSeek. This is like one of the more performant coding open source that we have currently. And they just released mm -hmm. yesterday. I didn't even have a chance to look at it, but I know you have a deep dive. So let us know what, what's that about. Yeah, so I think the model is maybe 12 hours old or something like that. So it's <laughs> very recent. Uh, yeah, it's a, so they published the models, uh, they published the paper as well. Uh, this is a new pre-trained model, uh, so that's very cool. Uh, that It's important to highlight that. It's very different when someone releases a fine-tuned model versus a pre-trained model. So this is, for, forget about the merging stuff, let's go back to the usual mixtral kind of MOE, so the traditional MOE setup. So that's what they did to pre-train the model, but they did two different interesting tricks. So the first one is called fine-grained expert segmentation. So pretty much, let's say that you have a model. So one, one of these experts, they will segment it or fragment it into a, a specific number of fine-grained models. So they will split the forward layer of the expert into multiple layers. Uh, and this allows each expert to be uh, a bit more of an expert, let's say. So they will be smaller models, uh, but they will have more specialization on what they are solving. And what is interesting is that maybe you can split them uh, rather than having just eight experts, you could have 100 experts. And you can activate a higher number of experts at the same time, but you don't increase the amount of compute that you're spending because the, uh, the amount of parameters is exactly the same. Uh, so that's the first trick they did. And the second one is called shared expert isolation. Uh, 
So one issue that you have usually in MOEs is that you can have redundant experts. That's when multiple experts end up with exactly the same knowledge. So they are redundant. Uh, so what they do is that they isolate experts that are redundant, and then they set up shared experts that are always activated. So again, in, in mixed trials, you would only trigger or activate two experts. In this kind of DeepSeq MOE uh, setup, you would activate maybe 10 or 20 experts. I, I don't know the exact number of experts. I, I would need to look again into the code, but yeah, I think that's quite interesting. So they did a 2B model first that worked quite well. So then they scaled up to 16 billion parameters. That's the, those are the models that they open source today. And although the model is 16.4 billion parameters, only 2.8 billion parameters activate. So that's quite cool. And that outperforms the Lama 27B model across most benchmarks. It does not outperform Mistral 7B, uh, but it's quite interesting that you can have a large-ish model, just activate a very small number of parameters. And thanks to all of this specialization and redundancy removal, they are able to get some very good metrics. Uh, and this is particularly interesting if you have multiple GPUs uh, and just like very high usage, or if you have an API service, uh, you could use something like this. I think I wanted to mention that Mixtral mentioned this in their paper that um, MOE also lends itself to scaling to some extent. The, there's benefits when you want to run like on multiple GPUs as well and uh, there's down downsides on running like on, on a single tenancy or something like this. So it looks like not only there's like benefits on, on running smaller number of parameters from a bigger model, there could be benefits on, and maybe this is the reason why GPT-4 was going this way and mixture, Mixtral is going this way, that there's some benefits in terms of like just MLOps and, and scaling as well on, on multiple machines. I think, Omar, is there anything else important that we missed before we move on? And that was Pretty much it. Uh, I just wanted to say that there's also a chat model that they released with this. Uh, that was pretty much it. Awesome. Omar, thank you so much for joining. Folks who don't know, Omar's chief llama officer in Hagen Face. I will mention this every time the Omar comes. And thank you incredibly for your experience. Folks should definitely follow you because I added to uh, the show notes the deep dive from the DeepSeek paper that, that you shared. And uh, I really appreciate your expertise here and the breakdown. Thank you, Omar. Nistan, go ahead. Yeah, just for the GPU poor out there, just wanted to say that when you do PyTorch, it does not support floating point 16 layer norms. So if you're using Merge Kit with PyTorch and want to do it all on the CPU, you got to convert the, the weights you're going to merge to floating point 32. And, and, then, and then you can do it without a GPU, just for, for people out there. So, so if you're going to Merge Kit very large models, you're going to need to have all the GPU memory, and that could be more than 130 gigs in some cases. Yeah, just, just one thing in case anybody's struggling to use uh, Merge Kit. All right. Thanks, Nistan. We're still in the open source. Like we've been an hour, but there's a lot to cover in open source. The last thing I wanted to briefly, briefly mention, really, we don't have time to go deep into this, that Argia and John, I think you mentioned Argia as well. Uh, yeah, they have a tool called Distill Label, and they do like a bunch of like cleaning of DPO datasets. And they actually took the, if you guys remember, we talked about Intel released a fine tune of a fine tune of news based Hermes model, and they released a, a neural Hermes based on, uh, I think they trained it on like some custom Gaudi hardware or something like this. And then Argia, who's the company that now does DPO, they released a fine tune of a fine tune of a fine tune. And they used the still label tool to build a DPO dataset. And then they did some stuff with ratings and critiques, and it took them around three hours. 
the original data set assumed that GPT-3 or uh, 4 responses were always best, but Argia did like a comparison with their tools and found that's not always the case. And they have some numbers that I put in show notes, but they did, their data set confirmed like 4,000 pairs had the same rating and 7,000 pairs were unchanged. But there's like a, around 2,000 times they rejected the response that was preferred from GPT-4, which basically like a, another cleaning of a data set. And they just showed that like with 54% fewer DPO pairs, they could beat the the already like great performance of that model so super cool and check out our gear they're doing a bunch of stuff in open source i know that uh, we in weights and biases use their gear to also like create and look at data sets definitely worth a shout out and i think in open source that's all i think we're finally moving to the area of big companies and apis for which i don't have a, a transition music but i think the next big topic to cover is the OpenAI had a big week as well. And I'm just going to briefly cover this and then maybe some folks here on stage who already have a GPT. OpenAI finally, we mentioned this last week, OpenAI finally released the GPT Storm. If you guys remember, back in Dev Day, they announced GPTs as a concept, but they also said that, hey, not only GPTs are a replacement for the, the previous plugin era, GPTs are also a way for me as a creator who's maybe non-technical to create the GPT and share it with the world and plugins didn't have a shareability, but they also announced that they're going to have a marketplace for GPTs. Not only that, they will also do some revenue share. So they finally announced and released the GPT store. It's now live on your ChatGPT if you pay for premium and that store now has trending GPTs and also shows how many people did how many chats with your GPTs. I've mentioned previously on Thursday I, that I had one idea that's called Visual Weather GPT. I'll add it to the show notes as well. And that's that I'm happy to say the past like 5,000 chats now. And it was for a brief moment, it was number six in the lifestyle section, but it disappeared. And so it's pretty cool as a launch. Many people, as always on Twitter, many people have different takes about whether or not this will succeed for OpenAI. But I just want to shout out the incredible work they did. It looks smooth. They did have some looks like downtime on interference because it looks like many people started using just because there's a bunch of GPTs. I personally am using some GPTs like constantly and I wanted to also, Joao, welcome to the stage. We're going to talk for an, for a deeper dive, but you also had the GPT that's been very, so I think crew had the GPT, right? Could you, could you talk about like how, how that went and what made you create it? I got to tell you when GPTs came out at first, I was like very curious to get, to give it a try. And one of the main use cases that we had was basically that in, in Clearbit, like we had a lot of issues when going through support, trying to have to figure it out, like, how do I fix this issue? Other people have fixed it in the past. So we internally had created like a GPT that knew like how to go about this issue. So if you had any recurring problem, this GPT could help you out. And then in the midst of that, I was also writing some docs for Crew AI and I thought, hey, it would be pretty cool if you didn't have to explain to GPT every time what this library is and how it works and all that. I put together this and fit it with all the documentation that I had written about Query AI. And then I started using it myself. And it was so good, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> A lot of people that don't like, like going and reading through the docs can just like chat with it. And it knows everything about it. You can center the conversation around your specific use case, and that just makes like things so much easier. I think every library out there should have something like this. 
Absolutely. And I, I will just mention, I will be remiss if I don't mention that we also have something like this. It's called WantBot and we have trained the RAG model bot and you used to previously work in, in, in our Discord and internally in our Slack. And Morgan, who's in the audience, recently added this to GPTs. And at least for me, this is like the preferred way to use this because I'm like, I don't, I don't maybe don't want to switch to Slack. And uh, it, it's built in and we use the kind of the, the backend APIs and I've used the crew AI one as well. It's definitely more shareable. And I hope that OpenAI I kind of keeps doing this marketplace. I will let you know, guys, if I made any money based on my visual weather GPT. And uh, I'll definitely try to keep you in the loop in terms of what's the revenue share like. I will say this. I will say this. And I don't know if you guys noticed, there's a bunch of copycats already. There's like many people complained already that they have like the top GPTs that now because the search is one of the ways to discover GPTs. And obviously, as every marketplace happens, every marketplace has this like a bunch of issues that people try to like hack into and so this already has a bunch of copycats i think one of them is a gpt something that just like literally take the most important gpts and, and copycat them and do pretty much the same gpt is also worth mentioning they don't hold any information that you have in there as a secret if you have enabled code interpreter or advanced data analytics in your settings for your gpt all the files that you upload, even for the reg stuff, can be downloaded. And um, I think, Umesh, we, we mentioned this. Uh, you mentioned this in your spaces. Uh, this is this is something people should definitely know. And also, so discoverability is great, but definitely the ease of copycatting is interesting. And whether or not OpenAI will, how should I say, treat this properly. The, the only thing that I think that they did very well is that you have to verify your domain in order to GPTs to be like featured on the store. And verification of domain is not super simple for bots to do. So there's one or two domains that are started trying to copycat everything. Hopefully very easy for OpenAI to clean this out. An additional thing the OpenAI released this week. And okay, so they released something that we haven't played with, but they released personalization, which I'm waiting for. And I'm sure that 24 is going to be the year of personalization, but they haven't let me play with it yet. They just announced and I just saw the, the announcement, but basically they released a thing that will keep your GPTs remembering facts about you and about the stuff you shared throughout sessions, right? So as, as you just said, it's annoying sometimes when you just come to ChatGPT and have to re-say again, hey, my name's Alex, hey, I work with some biases, hey, I have a kid like this year old, blah, blah, blah. So personalization is coming to GPTs. I think it's going to be like a significant moat on their part because they will start keeping the memory. For many people, this may not be happy but I, I or may not be the best thing. But I'm pretty sure that it's very important for our AI system to be very helpful for us, to, for them to actually remember and for me not to have say the same things again. So definitely you can add some to the custom context, but it's not enough. And it's going to be very interesting how the personalization stuff happens. So this was released by them to, I think, a few people. It's not wide. The thing that was released wide is the ChatGPT team. Worth mentioning the ChatGPT team kind of tiers were uh, released and it's like around $25 a month per user for minimum of two users if you pay for the annual plan. A confusing thing there was that like we now get access to GPT-4 with 32k context window and I'm sure that I've had access to 32k before because I know for a fact that I used to paste all the transcripts for Thursday I into ChatGPT. It would say, oh, too much context. And this is way more than the 8k that GPT-4. But then after they released the Turbo, I know for a fact that I was able to paste all of the transcripts. So I don't know if they, what's called retconned, I don't know if they went back and removed some of the previous features that we had in the pro tier to make the GPT team tier better. I don't know. And there's a discussion about this. 
But an additional thing that worth mentioning that they offer in the GPT team is that the ability to create and share custom GPTs within your workspace. So that's super cool, right? Because we know that all the GPTs are public. And if you do want to have a GPT with like custom information, but you don't want people to copy it, the ability to share it within your teams, I think is super cool. And I think that this is the, the major play here. And an additional highlight is they're not doing any training or your business data or conversations in the GPT team, which does mean that if you pay for pro, they do train on your business data and conversations if you just use this via the UI, which tr triggered some people. And some people came into my comments and said, hey, there is a way to tell OpenAI through their support thing. You can email them and there's like a self-serve tool that you can actually ask to opt out of training. So even if you don't pay for the GPT team tier, you're able to go to OpenAI and say, hey, for my account, please do not train on my inputs or data. And it's possible to do. So definitely, if you're concerned about this, reach out to OpenAI to the support. But the GPT team kind of highlights this as a business use case. You pay for that and you get this. Um, they have admin console workspace team management and early access to new features, which sounds to me just marketing until I actually see people on the team tier get something that I didn't get on the pro tier, but hopefully we'll get a team tier as well. And then I'd be able to get early access to new features and improvements. I think that's most of the things in from, and I think the confusion about like training on your data was the main point of confusion. Umesh, any thoughts that I missed on the GPT OpenAI launches before I move on? Uh, just they are saying higher message caps, but not mentioning any numbers. So there is a lot of ambiguity. Oh, yes. I think they mentioned somewhere. I think Logan did. And hopefully we'll get Logan next week and we're going to check about this. I think 2x the message cap. And I think they lowered our message caps in order to get the 2x on the, on the team. I'm not sure. Uh, I saw somebody mention that we had three hours or something and now we have 30. I will go double check, but definitely higher message caps. And also the caps are not together right so like per team member you have your own caps it's not like everybody gets uh, the same amount of chats uh, so those are definitely split thank you for that all right moving on real quick i want to introduce a new segment here i don't have music for it so i'll do the christmas music for it for now <laughs> christmas music I want to introduce a new segment called This This Week's Buzz. Uh, this Week's Buzz is like a little play of words on the 1DB. Weights and Biases. This Week's Buzz has been a segment in the newsletter where I talk about what I learn in Weights and Biases every week. Here, I think it's very well worth mentioning that this week I'm flying to San Francisco to AGI House. I think I mentioned this before. There's going to be a hackathon there called fine-tuning versus rag on open source models where this question of whether or not what's the best outcome if you do rag and then do retrieval augment generation for your applications or you fine-tune on some data or maybe both so there's a bunch of folks there that are going to join AGI house and try to figure this out and weights and bias is a co-sponsor of this hackathon together compute is a co-sponsor of this i think they're the the main organizer and also Langchain and harrison is going to be there and uh, if you guys know we talked about uh, together before Mamba is from Tridao, who's working together, and the hyena architecture we've talked about also comes from together. They're incredible folks, and recently some friends of the pod also joined there. So I'm going to be very excited to join there and go there. And I think I have a talk that I need to finish the slides for. But 
I want to invite everybody here who is in the area and is a super cool hacker and wants to join to please join. And I'd love to see you there. And we have some cool prizes on there as well. And I'm probably going to do some live streaming as well from there. So definitely feel free to follow me if you haven't yet for that. Probably on the main Weights and Biases accounts. And I think that's the whole announcement. I'm very excited to go again. And besides the fact that my flight just got canceled as I was like going on the space and I need to figure out a new flight. But I'm going to be there on this Saturday with Together and Lang Chain to do this hackathon. It's going to be super, super cool. And hope to see some Thursday I folks from there in there. I think, folks. I think that's mostly... No, last thing that we need to cover, we have Arthur here on stage. Before we get to the interview with Zhao and Crew AI, I think we need to finish off uh, AI, who we have representatives of on stage, but we knew Arthur before he joined, has released their Genie, which we've talked about before. Genie is their kind of bot that generates text to 3D. And we've played with this on Discord before, but now it's possible to play around on the actual web and, and mobile. And Arthur, I want to welcome you. Thank you for, so much for patiently sitting here. First of all, congrats on the release. And could you tell us more about the Genie Online? I think you have some more news for us. Yeah, thanks. First of all, I would like to say that Luma recently has raised Series B and we're expanding the team. Woo! So congrats. If you want, yeah, <laughs> if you want to join us to work on multimodal foundation models, you're welcome to work with some amazing people. And yeah, about the Genie, we have did quite a lot of improvements since our first initial release on Discord, and now you can generate it on the web and in our iOS app. And we're soon releasing API access, so if you want, you can message me and to get some preview of that, but I guess soon it will be generally available. And yeah, I guess I can just tell that we did quite a lot of improvements with topology and some other feedback from the community since our first release, and people find it very cool to generate some assets for their games or something. Especially via yeah, API, I, guess, I assume that's going to be great, right? I know many folks, UIs are nice, but people are programming different prompts and techniques and different things, and then they see assets and everything. So super, super cool. I played with the Genie stuff in Discord. Definitely, it was like, cool, hey, create a frog, and then it gives you a 3D frog. But now they actually look super cool. So one of the teammates on our Weights Ambassadors is Polish, and I generated like a Polish bear for them. It, like, it, it looked really, really cool. Higher quality as well. There's an option to upgrade your models as well. But yeah, I'm working on the foundation models too. And another thing to mention that it is completely free now, so you can play with that as you like. Play and then download the actual models in, in a bunch of formats. And then I think we also mentioned within the audience mentioned that you can 3D print based on the obj files or something like this. So you can generate and an 3D print from what, what a world we're living in, right? You can type something and get a 3D image. Super cool. All right. Thank you, Arthur. And I think in this kind of area, we also should mention that ByteDance also released like video generation called Magic Video. They only released the paper and the project, no code yet. So you can't like actually play with this. But if you remember, we've talked about the Stable Diffusion Video and Pika Labs and the Motion, oh, sorry, forget the Runway ML also generate video. So now it looks like ByteDance, the company behind TikTok, who has previously been in the news saying that they bought like a lot of GPUs are releasing very beautiful videos. They're really breathtaking in how beautiful they are. So definitely worth checking out. I'll put this in the newsletter. I think we ran through all the news and I think we're like a little bit behind, but I think it was worth it. And I'll do a little like transition segment and then we're going to talk with Joao. 
and uh, thank you for sticking with us. This is, the news segment is done, but the conversation is not done. The Thursday is not over yet, and we have exciting guests today. So I'm gonna uh, introduce Joao in a second. Joao Mora joined us. He's the author of Crew AI, an agentic framework he built that uses both GPT-4 and other APIs, but also can work with local models and is able to spin up multiple agents that work together in a crew, get it, crew AI, to execute on tasks. He built it for himself and we had a beautiful conversation of how in the field of a bunch of agent frameworks that are popping up, he was able to create one of his own and it was simultaneously the most trending GitHub project and number two on Product Hunt as well. Surprising to him, he didn't plan on this. And it was a great conversation, definitely worth your time, and it's going to be released separately together with John Durbin in, in one episode coming soon. Back to news. All right, folks, I think the last thing that we, we I promise we'll cover and we didn't get to, and uh, now we have we have a, a, a friend, a guest that we're going to cover together is the Rabbit hardware. So we don't often talk about hardware. We do sometimes. And we've talked about uh, the Humane Pin. Obviously, I pre-ordered one. I'm very excited about to, to get my Humane Pin. And this week was this the, the week in CES. There's a bunch of everybody talks about AI over there. Obviously, this is like the hot new thing. To, so hardware now is like open skies and people try to build. And the kind of the thing that broke the internet was the presentation from the Rabbit company about their R1 product and also their large action model, where they went into deep about like the differentiation between large language model and actions. And so I want to introduce Dan Jeffries. Dan, right? I almost said Daniel, but Dan Jeffries to the stage. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're coming uh, through great. Dan, we met, I think, a year and a half ago, the Stability AI event when you guys launched in San Francisco. You're currently, you said, Managing Director of AI Infra Alliance and CEO of Kentaurus, which is a new stealth. Anything else I'm forgetting? No, I know a lot of people know me from my blogs and all that kind of stuff over the years. So that's, but that's about it. Yeah, those are the big ones. I personally know you from your like impeccable dressing attire. And when you introduced me, hey, I'm Dan <laughs> Jeffries, as though I was supposed to know who you are. But then I f found out who you are and like started following you. And I really appreciate your takes. So I wanted to cover with you the Rabbit launch because I pre-ordered one. I know you as well, but you had a nice breakdown kind of thread. And I wanted to hear like, your thoughts. What do you think about this Rabbit hardware device? Look, I think I, it was one of the first presentations that I've watched completely uh, since maybe the iPhone 1. It's a 30-minute presentation. It was a long time. Who the hell has time to watch that anymore, right? But I watched it, and I was going through a lot of it, and I was there were a couple points in time where I was like, bullshit. And it, it was both an expression of, that's really awesome, and I'm a little skeptical, right? And, and right, so, like, I did end up buying one because it's a low price point, right? It, it's not really, like buying Apple's giant spatial computing boondoggle, right? We're yeah. like, let me buy this thing. It's got two apps. And then all of a sudden you're like, shit, this thing's sitting like in the corner. I'm never going to use it again. If this is 200 bucks and it's basically a glorified Kickstarter, I'm not going to worry about it. 200 right? bucks. But, and they also mentioned that there's no subscription. Yeah. And l let's talk about a few of these things, right? Number one is a lot of people were like talking about the, the idea of running locally. And, and I think, you know, Korea has talked about those things and I'd love a bunch of stuff to run locally. And you see a lot of the people running Mixdrill and all these things locally, but it's really hard to run these things locally. And I can tell you that for a $200 device, there's 0.0% chance that it's running locally. And a lot of people seem to think that it was, and it, I just don't buy that. And there were a lot of things as I went back and looked at it, I'm like, I don't 
I'm rooting for these folks because I really want this thing to work, but I'm, I'm not really buying it. And maybe the first one that kind of came to mind is the lamb itself. And there's a couple of things that don't pass the sniff test for me. Number one is the term neurosymbolic. Okay, so that is like a favorite of, uh, what's his name? Gary, Gary Marcus, yeah. He's the big, there are a lot of people who think neurosymbolism is a great idea, but it's never actually worked in production. So I'm a little skeptical from that standpoint. The other thing is there have been people been working on it. So I think Prue, the guy fellow said earlier that they were, there, people are working on that. There is actually an open source one. It's the, my favorite paper of last year was agent tuning. And they open sourced it. They trained it on a whole bunch of web tasks and clicking around things. And they took Llama 2 from being like 2 to 6% accurate, depending on the version, to something like 80 plus percent accurate on some of the on some of these tasks. There are people working along this line. And so I, I do think it's the correct line. But the fact that it was basically 100% accurate, it was doing it at freaking lightning speed, there was no latency on anything both from the conversation to how fast it was making decisions makes me really freaking skeptical of like how much of this thing can actually, how much of it is actually working because it feels like they solve multiple machine learning problems in one. And yep. maybe the one I'm most skeptical of is when they showed it mid journey at the end after a minute. Now I want I want everyone to remember that a week ago, there was the guy from the, the, ro- the new robot company or whatever, who was like, we trained the model. On, and, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, wait, we trained it on human examples. And it was like, by the way, 10 hours, of training on human examples so that it could put the freaking Nest Cafe thing in there and click the button. So, okay, so just, so for, like, just it, for context for folks who ha- have missed this, who don't live on X as, as much as we do, I don't remember <laughs> the company, but Brad Alcock from the robotics company, they announced something on X in the post that says, hey, this is the chat GPT moments of robotics coming tomorrow, like the breakthrough, breakthrough. And then they show the video of their bot basically making a Keurig cup of coffee, shoving this like little Keurig cup. So not like a, even an espresso machine. I think it's like a very basic kind of coffee machine. And then a bunch of folks show that they previously done this. Not to take away from their r- robot, like hopefully it does learn. But yeah, definitely it didn't feel like the ChatGPT moment for robotics based on that example, at least from what I saw. That's right. And like, it's, I just looked it up. It's figure robotics. And figure. Way, they're real. Yeah. They're real AI researchers and they have a real robot. And this technique of training it based on example is a real technique. And there's, if you look at the stuff out of DeepMind, right. And the progress and compress and all these kinds of things that they're working on, or that when they were working with those soccer robots and they were just basically training them on the basic idea and then letting them get around and kick stuff and figure out their own strategies. There's a lot of this stuff that, that is really advanced, right? Yeah. But, uh, but bringing what, it back to this happened like a week before. Yeah. Yeah. before uh, rabbit so that's like basically 10 hours for it to basically put in the, the cafe thing in the top of the machine and press the button to pour the coffee right not even pick the coffee up and hand it to the person and then they basically showed it mid-journey at the end of this thing in one minute and then we're like okay go generate a bunch of stuff in mid-journey and it did it perfectly and i'm like okay you've just solved multiple machine learning problems in, in one one go like one is you just gave it a, a single shot learner with one example and it basically learned it perfectly and then it's like how are you updating the model behind the scene are you like making a lore for everyone are you fine-tuning it if you fine-tune something over time what's going to degrade so, like how many things can you add to it etc so for it, folks it who, me so- yeah, yeah daniel uh, just one second for folks who haven't seen the video <laughs> the setup i think was something like this they had what I assume was a Chrome extension running on the browser, because I don't know how else this thing records. It was a multimodal one, so it was recording the screen, but he was also talking. And I wasn't sure if the guy was talking for us for the video or actually recording. And it looked like he was recording audio of what he actually does 
uh, into the recorder. And what he actually did was like, hey, I'm going to this mid-journey server. And he was like very explicit about that. And so he had the software that sees what he does, probably Chrome extension, because I think he used the the, the web version of Discord, which, by the way, mid-journey specifically is against terms of service of mid-journey. So we'll see if they kick them out. And then yeah. he basically went through generating an image on mid-journey and then he trained this thing of theirs, this action. And then he was able to use the Rabbit kind of hardware device, which is connected somehow to this learning and to perform the same action. And I agree with you. It seemed that they have like several things that they solved. An additional thing that they solved, first of all, that was sped up, right? The, the, the performance, because they were from mid-journey, sure. et cetera. Uh, the cool thing that I saw was they, they were able to pull out the images as well. So that was super cool. They, they were literally able to lift the images from the output of mid-journey, put them in the Rabbit interface. That looked cool. Though, I don't know if it generalizes. What else did, didn't connect with you, even though you did buy, buy one? Look, look. Uh, th the thing is, if you work in machine learning or you've been around machine learning a long time or you work in agent space or whatever, you know how hard these freaking problems are. Because I've been looking at all of these problems probably pretty hardcore for the last eight months on an individual basis, planning a trip. I've tried like 10 applications, yep. actually, that have tried to plan a trip and they all suck, right? And it's hard. Is it going to go read TripAdvisor and just pick the top stuff? It, it picked the trip in three seconds. Like, where? Did it read it anything? Like, how did it do that? So there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up. I think the thing is, I went against my better judgment that I just want this thing to be real because I think everybody wants the functionality in this thing to work. In other words, if I could say, you know what, I've got to plan a trip with my wife coming up. And she's a master planner. She's a project manager. She lives and breathes by this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, i got to plan six days worth of, like, lunches and all that. I'm like, like driving myself crazy with it. So I would love to have a her-like agent that just goes and does part of it for me, even if it's 50% of it and I have to fix it, right? I'd love for it to be able to go learn an application and do it pretty much flawlessly because, again, like Francois Cholet said, look, AI will become our interface to the world. And this is a chance for us to take back our, the way that these machines work over time. If you even think about Twitter, they take away your engagement over time, or they take away your ability to connect with people, or they show you what they want you to see. Airbnb shows you what it wants you to see. And I've learned a bunch of tricks, for instance, over time on Airbnb, where it's okay, I'll go into the reviews and I'll search for noisy and loud and dirty and filthy, right? And, and if I see too many of those gone, if I see a TV up on the wall, not in line with the couch, and I know it's a tiny piece of shit because nobody puts their TV like that. Like you always put it in front of the couch, yeah. not up on the wall near the kitchen, right? So I'm like, if I could have an agent that I could say, here's my expert knowledge of having traveled a lot, go filter it in this way and give me like the top five places or whatever and make sure they're all complete. That's amazing. Everybody wants this thing. Everybody wants it to be real. And even if they've solved 50%, I'd be happy with this thing. I'm going to be surprised, quite honestly, if they solve 10% of this. And it's not just like a, it's not just like a glorified Kickstarter. That said, I'm freaking rooting for them. I'm rooting I, for I them. really am. I, yes. I want, I want this to be freaking true because I want this goddamn device. I'm trying to build it in software. Crew AI is trying to build it in software. Other people are trying to build it in software. Thousands of other people are trying to build this damn adult software. So is OpenAI. I, I want to hold the true. physical device that was designed by Teenage Engineering that looks like a Tamagotchi that has AI built in, multimodal AI. As a video camera, I can point it at things and ask it to do real-world tasks. And I definitely want to connect it to whatever, compare it to the uh, humane pin 
for sure. I think, Omesh, you, you had some more concepts as well. Dan, thank you so much for, for hopping on first time on Thursday as well. No and worries. Just w- we're literally like at, at two hours mark and I also want to recap real quick. Omesh, you had also some thoughts and you were telling me about Rabbit before. I want to hear from you about Lamb specifically. And I want to finish with some thoughts of my own of why I got this. I also connect with Dan. Like I want this device to exist. So might as well vote with my wallet, right? Go ahead, Omesh. Yeah, very quickly, basically, it plugs into what Dan was saying, that basically the biggest challenge that you have when specifically leveraging LLMs, and we are trying to do that, is is the amount of data that you need to pass in for automation, any kind of automation, because LLM, basically, you have to explain the actions into language, and, and that just goes on into a number of tokens. And what they seem to have mastered, we haven't seen the actual proof yet, but what they seem to have mastered is leveraging LLM only to identify the actions that need to be taken. And because the actions are already encoded into LAMB, so the large action model, you don't need to, you don't suffer from the latency or the generation that you have to wait for from LLM. So that seems to be the key that they seem to have. And the reason I'm bullish more is because, not only because of the way they have demonstrated the device, but all, and the architecture that they have shown, which on theory, on paper, looks really strong, but also in terms of team, because uh, we know Kosla or Kosla Ventures have actually invested in quite a few uh, device startups like DoorDash and all, and they've been quite successful. And Jesse is not only like they leverage teen engineering, but he's on the board of teen, teen engineering. Jesse, so the, he does have the CEO? Yeah, the CEO. He's on the board of teen engineering. So it's not they are coming from nowhere. There is a significant high profile team behind it so it doesn't mean it doesn't ensure but overall like ingredients are there to be successful so let's see <laughs> rooting for them they sold out the first i want to say they said ten thousand devices they didn't expect it and they reopened like another batch so they didn't make what two million dollars six million dollars or something I, i'm not good at math but they made a bunch of like money on the first day which was incredible i think they managed to trigger the system the ecosphere on twitter many people said hey why wouldn't this just be an app and many other people said hey i just want to own a device by teenage engineering for 200 bucks uh, then no subscription seems very interesting the speed with which it performs this tasks seems uh, triggering for people who remember the gemini release and then end up being like an edited version and Gemini doesn't really understand videos. I heard like all these takes. I bought one three minutes into the video. First of all, 200 bucks. Like I've spent more than that on one evening in the restaurant. Second of all, if I end up giving this device to my kids, this is the perfect, if you think about this from this way, this is the perfect device for kids for parents who have kids who they don't want to buy iPhones for because then Instagram will rot their brain, this is the perfect device for that. This is like a, it's like a Tamagotchi. You can talk to it. The rabbit is super cute. There's one simple interface. It's voice. Kids can hold the button and talk. I think for older folks, this could be like an interesting thing as well. Will Rabbit be the one? Will it be the next iPhone? I don't know. But I do know for the folks who said, hey, why wouldn't this just be an app? Is because Apple has a monopoly and some people are using AI to break out from this monopoly and AI can replace the interface 
for many of these tasks that you want to do. And I'm really happy that folks are trying this. I'm rooting for Avi Schiffman from TAB. I plan to visit Avi again in San Francisco. Hopefully he's going to be there. I'm rooting for Humane, which I pre-ordered and I'm very excited about. And I've interacted. Hopefully Humane folks will come on Thursday at some point. I'm rooting for Rabbit. I don't plan to buy more of these devices this year, but as, as you mentioned, I may not be able to resist. I'm rooting for all of them if they open source some stuff. So we saw some effort and a lot of excitement from Killian Lucas from Open Interpreter to say, hey, let's open source a device like this. Let's buy a Raspberry Pi. I'm rooting for the open source area as well in these devices because I want to live in the future where AI is embodied and lives with me in the physical world, sees what I see and is able to just answer me. Then like you planning a vacation, I hate this. I'd love to talk with a hundred people live on, on X rather than planning a vacation. I know for some people that's scary, but for me, this is what I like to do. So I, I would love a device that helps me do this. One last thing for me from Rabbit is something that I understood is that it's a remote control for stuff on my Mac, if indeed it's able to do stuff like it did with MidJourney, it's essentially, obviously, it, it doesn't use any of my MidJourney credentials on their servers, right? So it actually probably ran the MidJourney on my specific device. So if I have a physical remote controlled AI that can run stuff on my Mac, I'll buy another Mac just for that. And I'll learn and teach it a bunch of stuff. And I'll just be walking around the house and say, hey, schedule a Thursday I meetup or whatever. Release an update or, or something like this. I'm very, very excited about some stuff like this. So I'm looking forward for my rabbits. Hopefully it will launch soon. This wasn't a paid promotion. I know they probably paid some folks. I didn't get like a cent from rabbit. I just really like the AI devices. And then we're going to meet you here in next week. With that, thank you so much for joining and... Check out the show notes that are coming after this. Cheers, everyone. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Bye, Lex. Goodbye, all.